Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and we've reached a big milestone here at Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting. We are welcoming Aeroflow Breast Pumps as a sponsor and I could not be more grateful. Aeroflow Breast Pumps gave a listen to this great big online conversation we're having about pregnancy, parenting, feminism, healthcare, and a whole lot more. And they said, we want in on this. So without further ado, welcome aboard Aeroflow. Aeroflow breast pumps provide top quality manual, single, and double electric breast pumps from leading manufacturers, build through insurance or at low cost, and they do all the work so you can find the perfect option to support your lifestyle and breastfeeding goals. Now, we know a lot of health insurance issues are in flux right now, but the important thing is this. Currently under the Affordable Care Act, most insurance plans are required to provide a breast pump to pregnant or new moms. Aeroflow takes care of all the details, like figuring out your coverage, getting a prescription, and filing claims. Then they ship your breast pump to you, super fast, free of charge, and they make this process as easy as possible because you're busy and they get it. Thanks, Aeroflow. We appreciate the help, and we especially appreciate your sponsorship. Go on over to aeroflowbreastpumps.com forward slash common sense, and they'll help you choose the right pump, manage the insurance details, and pop that pump in the mail. aeroflowbreastpumps.com forward slash common sense. And as an extra added bonus plus, Aeroflow is offering a discount on breastfeeding and breast pumping accessories and supplies like pump bags, nursing covers, pillows, bottles, breast milk storage bags, everything. Just use the coupon code COMMONSENSE10. So last week, I traveled to Washington, D.C. and New York City, and I attended the National Care Conference, which is always one of the highlights of my year. This year, it was a pretty weird time to be in D.C., though. It was weird. Um, President Trump released his detailed budget proposal for 2018, and all kinds of things are being cut. Stuff that just doesn't make sense on any level. You know, stuff that will intentionally cause harm to a whole lot of Americans. And it just, you could feel it throughout the city. People are just dismayed. You know, even though stuff's been happening every single day that this administration has, you know, been in power, you know, people are still just, just stunned. You know, we heard from um, Congress, too. We They, you know, released their new proposal for health care. And I don't know what they're thinking. You know, personally, on a personal level, this is a big blow. I'll be among the millions and millions of people who will almost certainly be priced out of the market. You know, I have pre-existing conditions, fairly significant ones, too. I've worked in healthcare my entire career. I've had health insurance my entire life, you know, either through my own employees or through our employers or through my husband's employer or, um, you know, sometimes through self-paid policies that came close to bankrupting our family. And, you know, it's been really, really just too difficult 
to stay healthy. And, and this is something that affects millions of Americans, millions, no matter what side of the political aisle you walk on, I have to wonder why American citizens are being penalized for having, you know, perfectly normal human bodies. I have to wonder why in 2017, we haven't managed to recognize that healthcare is a human right. It's never been intended to be a privilege for the few who can afford it. You know, where's our humanity, people? Anyway, the vibe on Capitol Hill with all this nonsense coming down was stressed. And it's a vibe that seems to be carried across the country because every day seems to rain down some fresh nonsense and potentially terrifying situation. You guys know I live in Portland, Oregon. And... Um, you know, my city, my beloved city was the site of a horrifying double murder just last week caused by a madman on a train with a knife. It happened not a mile from my house. Three men stood up for two young girls, one of whom was wearing a hijab and the other who was African-American. Two of these men were murdered and the third barely escaped with his life. And you know, I, This hits too close to home. As the mother of a son about the same age as two of those victims and the mother of a daughter the same age as those girls, you know, let me tell you, it's put me on edge. And again, I just have to ask, where's our humanity? And then I look at those, you know, three men who stood up to a madman on a train and I realize it's not gone. It's present every single day in people who stand up for others in, you know, tiny kind acts that we do for each other that means so much, you know, in taking the time to really notice what's happening in each other's lives and helping where we can. That's where the humanity is. That's what it's all about. And, you know, it's really not that hard to find it. It's really present in all those tiny little moments. I think it's easy if you're a parent to to notice those things, to notice those really, really poignant and beautiful moments of humanity. Because, you know, babies and children are excellent at showing us what's truly important. They, you know, force our eyes onto what's happening in the moment and what's making us happy or sad or cranky or excited, you know, right this very moment. Kids have that ability naturally. And, you know, parents, if they're truly on the job, kind of get to tag along on that natural talent and see for themselves where their priorities really lie and what's really, truly important. It's easier than we think, actually. Okay, enough meandering and philosophizing. I want to get our guest on the line to talk about ways to de-stress, recenter, and get your zen on during pregnancy and early parenthood. Bailey Gaddis is the author of Feng Shui Mommy, and is a regular contributor to media outlets, including Disney's Babel, Working Mother, Pregnancy and Newborn, Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan, Red Book, and Women's Day. As a childbirth preparation educator, birth doula, and hypnotherapist, she works with pregnant women and their gorgeous offspring every day. We'll get Bailey on the line right after a short break. I want to take a minute to give another shout out to our sponsor, Aeroflow Breast Pumps. And can I just say, I wish I'd known them when. 
If you're going to breastfeed, and especially if you're going back to work or need to give your baby a bottle, you're going to need a good pump, one that's fast and powerful, but also gentle on mom. Here's my little breast pump story. With my first baby, and that girl's a grown-up woman now, I used a cheap plastic hand pump torture device that was effective, but it totally chafed and blistered, and I kind of had to work up a little courage before I could use it. Later, when I worked in the hospital as a labor and delivery nurse, we had access to industrial strength breast pumps that were designed as machines. Big engines and wheels, lots of tubing, they were guaranteed to get the job done. Nowadays, women have access to a huge range of sleek pumps designed for comfort, discretion, speed, and specific lifestyles. Some are so small you can pack them in your purse. Let me just say, back in the day, sleek was not an option. Plus, Aeroflow manages all the insurance and shipping details to make things even easier on new families. Aeroflowbreastpumps.com slash common sense. Go check them out. Hello, this is Bailey. Hi, Bailey. It's Jeannie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. Bailey, where are you? Are you in the Bay Area in California? I am based out of Ojai, California, but I'm actually in Austin, Texas right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That's the, pow- <laughs> that's the power of the internet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, hi. I am actually from California, but where is it? I can't remember. So we're about an hour and a half north of Los Angeles and about 45 minutes south of Santa Barbara. We're of in a course. Valley. Yeah. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Now I know exactly where you live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you're in Austin, which is a kick in the pants. Austin and Portland, where I live, are often compared. Yes. Yes. I've heard yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Bailey, I, I read your um, bio before I called you on the phone. So my first question is always for you to answer the hard question. Who are you and what do you do? Well, uh, first and foremost, I'm a mother. I have a little boy who's almost four, and he was really the impetus for for everything that I'm doing now. So after he was born, I became really interested in pregnancy, childbirth, motherhood. And when the little guy was about three months old, I became certified to teach childbirth education classes. I teach the hypnobirthing method. Mm -hmm. And I had so many clients that were asking me to be at their births that I then became certified as a birth doula and a hypnotherapist. So now I I don't only teach classes, but I also attend births and use a lot of hypnosis during the births. And yeah, just work with mothers and babies every day and write on that subject for different websites and women's magazines. And I'm so excited to have the, the book out and about now. Yeah, cool. I know some nurses that have, um, you know, sort of started up a side gig doing hypnotherapy, teaching the classes and attending births, and then it just has launched from there. It is such a popular and really um, user-friendly approach to childbirth. Well, thank you. That was the hope. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I have about a Oh, God, almost 30-year 
uh, RN license, and I spent about 20 of them in labor and delivery. And hypnotherapy was, yeah, hypnotherapy was just one of the best, really, I thought. I think that, that women came into their birth experiences well-prepared and um, flexible and, you know, it just, it went well. Yeah. Well, right. And the, that mind-body connection is so crucial, mm-hmm. you know, during mm-hmm. any point in life, but especially during childbirth, you know, and so often we've been told, oh, childbirth is the most painful thing you'll go through. And, and we have all of these really fearful, or at least I did, really fearful, mm-hmm. limiting beliefs about birth. And so hypnotherapy is so wonderful because it can reprogram a lot of those beliefs. And, and you can tell your, your mind, or you can have your mind tell your body that this is normal, it's natural, you know, your body was made to do this. And when your body is receiving those really positive messages from the mind, it's usually easier for for the cervix to open for the uterus to surge for baby to come out it just really supports the the whole process yeah it does it does though you know i i would still i mean maybe you had a really different experience but i still thought that labor even for women who are you know using all the best tools in the toolbox is still dang uncomfortable experience. It, it was the most intense nine hours I have ever had in my life. Yeah. And, and that's what I tell women, you know, in the book as well, it, that these these techniques won't necessarily, if, if you're choosing to have a natural birth, you know, the techniques will not take away the sensations of birth, mm-hmm. but it will equip you to, to be able to manage them better and, and not be as scared of them. Right. You know, I think so right. often we, we feel this intensity and think that something's wrong and, and that our body is, is breaking or failing mm-hmm. us. But in reality, it's doing what it's supposed to be doing and, yeah. and labor is interesting because it's one of the only times where we're we're really moving through such intense sensations but most of the time there there's nothing wrong with the body but it's right. um it's such a tricky thing for our minds and our bodies to reconcile with yeah yeah absolutely so um what did you do before you had your son I was actually a professional home organizer in Los Angeles, and, mm. and I used a lot of the, the feng shui principles that I write about in the book. And, and it's interesting because I mainly worked with mothers to create a really serene nursery and to mm. redo their room in preparation for babies. So it's so interesting that I then kind of went on to the, the other side of that after mm. having my son, but, but that work really um inspired a few of the chapters in the book wow oh that would be my dream to have you come <laughs> i would love to <laughs> yeah i live in a uh, over 100 year old uh craftsman up here in portland and so it's got all of the old it's old it's wow. just old all yeah. the nooks and crannies all the little cubby holes and we've lived here a good long time so woo it's deep. Right. I know. I know. It's so yeah. easy to collect more and more stuff, no matter how mm. aware we are of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It just piles I up. I know. And we've we've raised a big family in this house, too. So it's not just our stuff. You know, it's I, I was looking um, in a cupboard yesterday and I found a 
basket filled with what has to be 15 year old um, nail polish. Oh my Just gosh. Full of it for, you know, whatever 13 year old was in the house at the time. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. I know. And they never want you to throw out their stuff. I, I have to. Well, they do. My, yeah. They do once they're adults and they've right, moved right. away. And the concept <laughs> is oh man, I left that there. Yeah, I don't want it. Just dump it. Right, right. I know. Yeah. yeah. My, my four year old does not like like me donating any of his toys. So I have to do that on the sly. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Pick your battles, baby. Exactly. Don't do that stuff in front of the kids. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit more about the book, how it started, what it's about. Yeah. Tell me. Absolutely. Tell me about Feng Shui. Uh, you know, maybe what we should do first is I don't know. You tell me. But, you know, a lot of people are not really um, acquainted with the concepts of feng shui. And, you know, it's a really common thing in Eastern culture, but considered a little bit out there or really foreign, you know, by many people in Western culture. And I have to admit that, you know, before 10 years ago, um, I didn't, it was not on my radar at all. But an acupuncturist gave me a map of how my house should be set up and explained the basic concepts. And I was really relieved that, oh, my house was just sort of set up that way anyways. It was great. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 So so the book is Feng Shui Mommy. And, and so Feng Shui, to, to put it really simply, is an ancient Chinese philosophy that, that focuses on harmonizing humans with the, the energy in our surrounding environment. And so there's different ways that we do that, you know, with furniture placement, not having a lot of clutter, uh, making certain choices with colors, having certain auspicious objects around. And so, you know, as I said earlier, I, I worked with a lot of those principles in my home organizing business. And so I was, you know, really in tune with the energy around me. But when I started to teach, uh, you know, childbirth preparation, I was attending births and, and I first started working on the proposal for the book, I thought, okay, well, you know, what about harmonizing, balancing the energy within us, you know, in our mind and our body and our spirit. And, and so that's what created really the outline of the book. So, so the book covers four trimesters, the fourth being the, the first three months of baby's life outside of the womb. And then in each trimester is a mind, body, spirit section. Um, and the chapters in each section give you, give you tools, give you ideas to, again, nurture, you know, the energy in your body, for example, during the first trimester, second, third, fourth trimester, to really give you a, a comprehensive support system. And, and I do have two chapters that, that support you in, in harmonizing the, the energy surrounding you as well. So I do still offer, offer some of that, that guidance and, yeah, and, and my publisher, they went back and forth with the title, but in the end, they decided, yeah, I know it's really, you know, authentic to to what the book is. And and again, while the term feng shui is not, you know, I don't go into getting out the compass and, you know, making sure that your door is facing a certain direction. I, I don't get that in depth with it, but I definitely infuse some of the, the basic principles of, of feng shui into the book. And, and I say that 
that being a feng shui mommy means that that you know what it feels like to have that that balanced and harmonized energy flowing through all aspects of your life and knowing how to get back into that flow when when you're thrown out because of course as as a mother um, as a pregnant woman somebody going through childbirth it can be kind of easy you know to feel out of whack you know to not feel harmonized which, which is totally normal but it was really important to me to make sure that readers had the tools to to get back into that state of of balance and harmony when they recognized that they were were thrown out of it. So will the tools work even if you have more than one kid? Oh, absolutely. Actually, a lot of my my readers are second time mothers, and and I, I hear a lot from readers. You know, with my first, I thought that I it would be easy, and I didn't really need to to read that much. I read one book, and I, you know, I was totally fine. But then when I went through childbirth and motherhood, they say I was totally thrown off and I really had no idea what I was doing. And so with the second time around, a lot of them are, are seeking out, you know, more classes and more books and really making sure that they're equipped with, with knowledge and you know, and I tell them with the book, it's not just about, you know, me as the teacher giving you all this knowledge, but about inspiring women to really tune into their intuition. And, and a lot of women, you know, as they're, they're reading through the book, as that intuition, those, those maternal instincts start to wake up, they start to, to realize, you know, which tools and which techniques I'm offering really resonate with them. And I tell them, you know, take those with you, practice those, and you can leave the rest because each woman is going to get something different, you know, out of the book because we all have different needs. And I've also heard something really neat from readers that, you know, as they're reading a certain section, they're like, oh yeah, I was, you know, inspired to, to think of this totally unique idea that I'm going to use for childbirth or that I'm going to practice in motherhood. And I think that's so great. You know, the book is like an impetus to, to inspire them to come up with their own way of, of moving through childbirth and motherhood. So I really see myself as, you know, partially a teacher, but also just a girlfriend that's helping them unlock their own wisdom. I think that's so true that, you know, pregnancy is often, you know, the, the first time in many women's lives where they're really focused on their own health and well-being, you know, right. uh, up to that point, they've been going along and, you know, having their 20s and doing their thing. And right, right. yeah, yeah, not you, you don't have to pay attention. And then pregnancy happens and you go, oh, that would yeah. be me. Right. And right. it's a great opportunity. You know, I think that a lot of public health professionals global health professionals, they look at this journey that women are going through as a huge opportunity for education and for empowerment. So the book offers some pretty specific tools. So let's talk about some of those. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the the biggest ones that I think is so important, or two of the biggest ones, I, I do talk about, you know, the intuition, and I have a really specific exercise. It's a breathing exercise and also an ongoing exercise to tune in to what the voice of the intuition sounds like. And, and I tell women, you know, so often when we ask ourselves a question, you know, a big question, a small question, usually we have this initial answer that pops up, you know, and sometimes it's so brief. It's just like this 
the small little like tingling in the back of our mind. And then the, the analytical mind wakes up and we start analyzing and there's all that chatter. But what I tell them is so often that first answer, that initial answer is, is your intuition. And, and so I have women start to practice, you know, listening to that and honoring that by asking small questions first, you know, what do I feel like eating or what am I going to read tonight? And listening to that initial answer and then honoring it and just watching how, how their life starts to, to slowly shift and they start to feel more empowered, you know, to make choices that, that are right for them. And then, you know, you can move on from there when you're making the big decisions about, you know, who your medical care provider w- will be or where you're going to birth, you know, and, and start trusting that your intuition will guide you. And the breathing exercise I have, it's, it's really simple. I just have them close their eyes as they inhale, just envision inhaling love, peace, trust in themselves. And as they exhale, just envisioning that, that their intuition is waking up and their intuition is finding that, that channel to move through so it can speak to the mind and speak, you know, through the voice. And, and I have them do that, you know, each and every time they have to make a big decision or a little decision to really, you know, start waking up that, that intuition. And, and then the other one is fear. You know, fear can really be a huge block between what we want in our life, you know, not just for childbirth and motherhood, but, but anything in life. <clears throat> if we have all of these big fears that are blocking us, it, it's really hard to step into that, that life that we want. So I have a chapter on dissolving fear, but I also have an exercise in that that women can use each time they have a, a fear come up um, about childbirth or really anything anything in life everybody Um, should read that right now we're living in the age of anxiety exactly yeah 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 and i i did a book signing last night and i i told them i pretty much do the fear release exercise every single day you know and and it's not just for big fears but you know small worries anxieties as you mentioned um, you know, you can use it for any kind of limiting thoughts or beliefs that, that you have come up. So I think that that is one of the most effective tools in mm-hmm. the book. And, and then, of course, I have, you know, techniques for birthing positions, pressure points, light touch massage, aromatherapy, you know, really specific tools that the woman can use during birth, pregnancy, and, and in motherhood as well. You know, all these tools most of them can be applied to motherhood. So I'm curious about um, a little bit about, you know, your process of getting this book you know, on shelves. And for me, there were a couple of issues that came up that I really had to, um, I really had to approach pretty intentionally. One was the artwork that's been depicted in the books that I've written. And having to have conversations with the publisher about how mothers are represented visually. The first book that I did about pregnancy was Complete Illustrated Birthing Companion. And the initial round of photographs that came to us were, it was just such a limited palette. There was one kind of woman, clearly who the book was marketed to by that, you know, publisher. And, you know, my co-authors and I had to have conversations with them about who we wanted represented. And then, you know, they were very great and made some 
important changes that I thought really opened up our audience and was a better representative of American mothers. And then with the second book, I wanted to be, um, my second book, Common Sense Pregnancy, is what I consider to be a feminist guide to prenatal care. And yet books about women's experiences with childbirth, whether it's about prenatal care or pregnancy, or imagine your book too, they're going to be um, sold in the children's section. They're going to be marketed in a way that looks childish, often with baby colors and, you know, with a font that looks like this is a book that children should read. And that was something that, um, you know, I had to compromise pretty, my publisher and I worked it out. I'm pretty happy with my book jacket, though it wasn't exactly what I had envisioned. So enough about me and mine. Tell me about your process around the artwork and marketing and and that thing. Right. Well, the number one thing that I wanted the the cover to represent was was serenity and something that when you looked at it you felt calm. And and that represented the the fact that we were, you know, really connecting the the mind, body and spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the process with the creation of the cover was Oh my gosh, me probably sending about 50 different kind of inspiration images um, that had, you know, the colors that I thought would work well, you know, and just the type of, of ambiance that I wanted for the cover and, and my website as well, you know, I had them look at the colors on that. So it would, would coincide and, and the woman that created it, she, she's part of the, the new world library team and, and they sent it to me and almost immediately, you know, it was a, a big, big yes. You know, I just mm-hmm. thought it really depicted that that connection, that serenity. And and the smile that the woman has on the cover, um, it, it, to me, it almost seems like she's like telling herself a little joke or, you know, it, and it depicts the fact that that while the book, you know, is about a very, you know, important, big um, profound topic, you know, it also has humor. And, and to me, that is a crucial part of the journey, you know, being able to laugh and, and to have fun with it and to not take all of it too seriously. So I felt like that was, was depicted in her smile and the woman just looks really serene to me. And, you know, she has almost these little, kind of like thought bubbles that are around her, you know, connected to, connected to her hands, kind of like roots, um, sprouting up from her body and connecting over her head where I kind of picture the, the spirit living. So it, it did kind of in an abstract way depict that, that mind body spirit connection to me. And then the graphics on the inside of the book, they were done by one of my, my wonderful friends who is a graphic design artist. And, and she's this, this beautiful, um, voluptuous Latino woman. And, and she said that the the inspiration that she used for those images was a combination of uh, you know what I look like and what she looks like so I, I feel like that 
created some nice diversity on the interior as well with the images. You know, it's not just one type of woman, but it, you know, really speaks to, to all women and any woman that at least wants to, you know, feel empowered on that journey and, and feel like she deserves to have a voice Mm -hmm. and, and she deserves to, you know, find the path that, that feels right to her. So, so yeah, I was really happy, you know, with how the book visually was, was, um, portrayed. Good, good. And are you on a book tour right now? Yes, yes. So I'm doing just a few author talks and signings, mainly in markets where, you know, I have have a lot of connections, you know, so I just did one in Austin. I'll be doing one or two in, in the Los Angeles, Southern California area. And then one out in West Texas, actually, where um, a big, big chunk of my family is from. And, Mm -hmm. and then I'm just, you know, doing luckily lots of guest posts in women's magazines, blogs. I've been lucky enough to do, a few or many wonderful interviews on, on podcasts like this, different radio Thanks. shows. So luckily as a mother, I can do most of most of the tour, you know, from the comfort of my office and, sure. and I'll be doing some TV appearances as well. Great. And so that's, yeah, lots of fun. Good, good. Oh, let's see. What else should we talk about? I think I read somewhere that, um, your pregnancy was unexpected. Is that right? Yes. Yes, it was. I've had a couple of those. That's a kick, huh? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. And I, yeah, I write in the book, my, um, now husband, Eric and I, you know, we were in our, in our late twenties, you know, having fun in a committed relationship, a loving relationship, but definitely not, um, in the phase where we were ready to have children yet. We were talking about it, but, you know, talking about many years later. Um, so Hudson was our, our little surprise. Eric was just starting graduate school, so he was very busy. And so it took us a few weeks, you know, to get used to the idea. But, you know, once we realized that this feels right and it feels good and, and it took Eric a little bit longer <laughs> to feel that way. But for me, it, it really was like, again, that intuition saying, yeah, this is the path that, that I need to go down. And, and, and because we, it was good and bad that we hadn't had, you know, many months or a year preparing, we, we didn't have a lot of, we didn't have time to come up with a lot of fears about the process. We were just thrown into it. And, um, but at the same time, again, we, we weren't preparing, (laughs) so it it was good and bad, but yeah, it just felt so right. And even though I had very little knowledge about the journey, you know, I was like, it was like cramming for a test essentially. Um, it just, it was really exciting and it brought the two of us together and, you know, really, accelerated our relationship obviously you know you yeah, really want to get yeah. as they do those exactly, children <laughs> exactly and you know and it's just been so wonderful watching him develop as as a father and mm-hmm. and I mean I tell a lot of people it's like oh my gosh I feel like and, and he's a teacher so he has a lot of training with you know how to be wonderful with children but he's my inspiration most of the time with um with how to parent so yeah i i got really lucky in that regard and how old is your son 
he will be four in mm. in a month on June twenty second. He's very excited. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How's four going for you? That was always my rough spot. Yeah, it's um he he's learning how to negotiate and and he is really <laughs> he is finding you are. his voice. <laughs> We're both yeah learning the fine art of negotiating, <laughs> and and yeah, it's it's exciting and it's fun because his personality is coming out so much more and you know we can have conversations and he's asking you know those really hilarious questions that that four year olds ask and um and yeah we're developing a really, a really fun relationship. Oh, good for you. Yeah. I, I thought three was great. Three-year-olds are some of my favorite beings on earth. And then, yes. you know, all of a sudden four hit. And with each one of my kids, it's like, that was the year I just didn't, I didn't come equipped for four. I could do all the other years with four. Right. So that was always when I had to pull out the book and say, now, no, they're not demons from hell. They're four and they're doing this developmental thing and you're supposed to do that parenting thing. And oh yeah, remember you didn't lose your damn mind with the other kids. So yeah, proceed. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. I, I'm definitely being tested in so yeah. many ways. So yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like he's going easy on you. You're, you're, you know, you're doing well. It sounds good. <laughs> right, right. As of now, and I'm so lucky. My my parents live next door and my, my in-laws live 20 minutes away. So I have oh, so much support from wise lucky. women. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Your boy is a lucky one. Yeah. Well, I like to ask people to fill in the blanks on this one question. Nobody ever told me that. Hmm. Nobody ever told me that I had so many hidden wells of love within me uh, mm -hmm. that that really surprised me, you know, and I, I've heard, oh, you'll never, you know, feel love like you do after you meet your child. But, you know, I thought, you know, the love that I felt for Eric, for different family members, it was just so intense. And, and I thought, oh, I can never love somebody more intensely than this. And, and even in those moments when my son is testing me, I still, you know, have this, this like warmth is the best way I can describe it. This like tingling warmth and looking heart when I'm looking at him, even if he's like infuriating me, there's that side, but also this like the, the deepest, most wonderful sense of love that I feel towards him. And I felt that, you know, I felt love when I was pregnant, but when he came out and we had that moment where I was first holding him in my arms, I mean, it was just, it was like millions of trapdoors of love opened mm -hmm. up, opened up inside of me. There are millions more to go too. Believe me, you're going to get to, you know, what could only be most boys worst times in life, which is I'd say 14 to 20. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's a long period of time. Well, you know, it's not horrible. It's just what they have to do to become men. They have to go through that teenage year where they smell bad and they act bad and they speak bad and they behave bad and they push right, all the buttons right, right. and then they find <laughs> new buttons and they push some more. You know, they do everything that they have to do as teenagers and they are, you know, you, you find new trapdoors of love so that y'all survive it, <laughs> right, you know, exactly. and, you, and everybody comes through to the other side as a whole human being. And 
hey, you know, it's kind of a miracle that we're equipped that way. I know. I know. Somebody, it's, somebody yeah, super but, smart designed this parenting plan. Right. Right. I, yeah. I've sensed that before. <laughs> yeah. But I think that what's also true for a lot of parents out there is that sometimes those trap doors don't open up to, you know, bubbling pools of love. They open up to bubbling pools of trauma or grief right. or fear right. or terror or memories of abuse or, you know, trapped in patterns that yes. aren't healthy for anybody. And even when they recognize that it's a really lousy idea to yell at my kid right now, they do it because it's yeah. ingrained behavior that could yeah. be generational, could go back hundreds of years. This is how our family does this. And I think that the more people are aware of it, then the more control they have to intentionally create their motherhood or their parenthood the way they want it to be. Right. And I, you know, I write about that in the book, in the, in the bonding section, you know, about how so often, you know, we hear about what I just talked about, you know, how much love you feel and how great it is and bonding with your child. But like you said, sometimes that doesn't happen and that's not your experience. And, and so I really speak to those mothers as well and, you know, let them know that that, that is also okay. And, you know, tools, tools to use to move through that. But, but yeah, I have a really lovely friend and, and you reminded me of her, you know, she, she always says, I, I didn't, I did not have examples of, you know, how to parent and what it felt like to have that, that beautiful bond. And so she's like, I am creating it all from scratch. And, you know, and she talks about how terrifying that is and, but also liberating in some ways, cause she can, you know, create, create whatever she wants, but yeah. it's, it's definitely a struggle and, and different for every woman. I think though that, you know, for even for women who were raised motherless or were raised by mothers that they don't want to repeat that motherhood, you know, along your life, you've been collecting images and stories. You've been reading about the mother you want to be. You've been watching, you know, the characters in movies and television shows that remind you of, oh, that one I like, that one not so much. And, right. you know, and then when you get into the trenches and you've got that child to raise, hopefully you've got some resources like that to draw on. And, a, you know, and a bunch of women in your life and men in your life who help you along the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, yeah. and that's what's so beautiful with with friendships as well. I live in a, the, the community of Ojai. So many people have, you know, built families out of friendships in mm -hmm. that community. And that's been so beautiful to see, you know, just how women and fathers, you know, as well, like how we all just support each other. And, and so many of the, the individuals in this town are from all over the world. And a lot of them don't have their family there. So it's so neat that, you know, it's definitely kind of that tribe mentality, you know, it, it takes mm -hmm. a village mentality and, and people are really, really practicing and living that in, in this town. And that's been really inspirational to see. You are a lucky one. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> well, I have one more question for you that Great. I ask everybody and you can answer it any way you like. Okay. Where are you in your life in terms of motherhood? Hmm. I feel like I am 
at the edge of the unknown. <laughs> I feel like I have become really comfortable, you know, with raising a baby, a toddler, and I feel like my son is on the verge of some big changes, you know, developmentally and and I feel like regardless of how many books I read, I am not quite sure what that's going to be like. And so I, I'm excited, but I'm also a little bit nervous mm -hmm. because I don't know, you know, how I will handle that. And we're also talking about having another child. So mm -hmm. that is definitely a big unknown. You know, I, mean, I know what it's like to have a baby and go through that, but I don't know what it's like to do that with with another child, with a four-year-old or a five-year-old, however old he is when that happens. Um, so I feel excited, but I also feel really nervous because I've never done it before. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Well, I think you are right on track with almost every mother I know. <laughs> well, perfect. Thank you. Yeah, that feels yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've really enjoyed this conversation, Bailey. It's been a lot of fun. And I hope that you just sell the shit out of that book. Oh my gosh, me too. Let, let's put that out to the universe. Darn right, darn right. <laughs> out of that book. Feng Shui Mommy. Great. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. And we'll talk again. All right. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said, Mama said, Our guest today was Bailey Gaddis author of Feng Shui Mommy, which just came out last week, I think. You can find out more about Bailey and her book at baileygaddis.com. That's B-A-I-L-E-Y-G-A-D-D-I-S dot com. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com and email me at jean at jeanfaulkner. Uh, tweet me at jeanfaulkner. And hey, do me a favor, will you? Go on over to wherever you get this podcast and leave me a great review. Then pick up a copy of my book, Common Sense Pregnancy. It's everywhere. Thanks, guys. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. I want to say thanks again to our sponsor, Aeroflow Breast Pumps, who offer a huge range of sleek pumps designed for comfort, discretion, speed, and specific lifestyles. Plus, Aeroflow gets your insurance to pay for it. They manage all the details and they pop that pump in the mail with free shipping, of course. Make sure you use our special promotion coupon code, COMMONSENSE10. Go on over to aeroflowbreastpumps.com forward slash common sense and check them out. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye.